I'm fucking back once again. This is King Nona Uncensored, baby. And duh. Listen, man. Today I'm not with the riffraff. Alright? I'm not with the fucking riffraff, bitch. I'm in a great mood, and you will not break my soul, nigga. What? trade should every NBA team make part one because part two of this shit is coming at the trade deadline had to block a couple of them bronze sexuals today not fucking around with y'all today I ain't trying to play today play with me some other time like the great Beanie Siegel said play with something else but don't play with me But we will start off, before we get to that, right? We got a lot of news. We got a lot of news here. NBA, I just can't stand this shit, y'all. What y'all doing to Kyrie is borderline slavery. And I don't like that shit. I don't like how y'all doing Kyrie with these stupid ass stipulations. Why does Kyrie have to do all that to get reinstated? Hasn't he, hasn't he done enough by apologizing? You see, they would never do this to a white basketball player. We all know that those you-know-whats flex their power and abuse their power just like everybody else does who is power-hungry. And this is Adam Silver, another case. I call him the worst commissioner in sports history for a reason. Because we have Miles Bridges who beat the fuck out of his wife in front of his children. Has not even gotten a suspension yet. But Kyrie posted a link to a goddamn movie. And he gets not only a five game suspension, but he has to do five, six things meet with the commissioner, meet up with the Jews, go to classes. Uh, 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 no. I would have been like, bro, if I was the Nets, uh, if, I, if, I, if I was Kyrie, I would say, look, man, y'all just gonna have to cut me, trade me or something, because I ain't doing all this shit. For what? I apologize. I did, haven't I sold enough of my soul already? So you want me to sell my organs too, motherfucker? No, nigga. No, nigga. No. That couldn't be me. I would have been petty. I'm a petty nigga, man. I couldn't be a millionaire. I'm the wrong nigga to give a million dollars to. Because I would have posted the link again. And tagged Adam Silver. I'm that petty. 
and Josiah. I'm posting it again, motherfucker. Now, yes, does Kyrie bring some of that attention on himself? Yes. Has Kyrie messed up before and did something wrong before? Yes. And his consequences do make, the consequences of his previous actions have made him a target. But to over penalize him that's not right and i don't like it one bit let's read over what kyrie has to do i'm saying though ever seen like this is the dumbest shit in the world I'm trying to find this shit man because this is just so horrible this is the dumbest shit that they've ever had to make a black man do. I would have been fine with the five game suspension. Why do I have to, I, he already apologized and condemned the movie. He already donated the 500,000 to the Jews. They took it back. Sensitivity training? What? That's stupid. For what? Anti-Semitic training? He didn't even make an anti-Semitic comment. Meet with ADL Jewish leaders. Meet with Josiah to demonstrate understanding. No. Trade me. Trade me. Trade me, trade me. Then would have been the two words I said. I'm not doing all this shit, man. I feel like the apology and the five game suspension and the donation was good enough. No, they just really trying to buck break this man. And I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate what Charles Barkley and Shaq said about him. They're calling him an idiot because he's complex. Now, has, I, like I said, I don't agree with what Ky everything Kyrie does or says. First of all, But I don't agree with this situation. And that's all I'm going to say. And speaking of Miles Bridges, he faces three years of probation and no jail time after pleading no contest to a felony domestic violence charge. Wow, yo. That's crazy. The NBA now has the right to ban him from the league. I mean... He did some banned from the NBA caliber ass whooping to that, that young woman. Like, wow. Three years probation. His lawyers are great. That's all I got. I got to give it to the lawyers, not him. I just can't respect a man that would do that to a woman. Because that, that shit was excessive. excessive as fuck I can't respect that what is wrong with the Golden State Warriors well we already know what it started with the Draymond and Jordan Poole situation was probably deeper than we thought it was because the Warriors are not up to task they're a whopping three and seven. And that's not Golden State Warriors basketball. Now, however, the young cats got bigger roles. And you know 
how you know how it works with young teams. They're going to make a whole lot of mistakes when they give the young cats more responsibility. The same thing is going down with all the younger teams in the NBA. Like the Pistons are a perfect example. You may be offensively talented, but on the defensive end, you're questionable. You're taking a lot of gambles. You're making a lot of mistakes. And sometimes you're not thinking. So, that could be a reason. Clay Thompson's not shooting well from the field this year. Last year, in a comeback season, Clay Thompson shot the ball pretty good last year. This year, it seems like he's still trying to get into the groove of things. And they're taking the precautions by sitting Clay some games and playing him some games. They're trying to manage his knees so that he wouldn't get hurt again. So that could be a part of the reason why the Warriors are struggling at this point. Because Stephen Curry is still playing at an elite level. He's playing at a top five player level. At an MVP level. It's just the other guys seem to be turning over the ball more. The young uh, the young players are making mistakes. And, you know, the Warriors as a whole have been turning over the ball more than usual. And their defense is not on point like it was last year. I mean, me, personally, I think it's a championship hangover that they'll eventually overcome. What is wrong with the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, I think they got rid of the problem because I think they've won their last two games, if I'm not mistaken. Cam Thomas has been freed. The shackles are off his feet because Steve Nash has had that boy in shackles. And all this man wants to do is play basketball. And he's been on fire the last couple of games. And I told people about Cam Thomas. I mean, obviously, Brooklyn's issues are on the defensive end. You would have thought bringing in a Ben Simmons would help with that. But Ben Simmons is not focused. And it doesn't look like he wants to even play basketball. It just looks like he's just there to collect the check. He doesn't really care about winning. I mean, and then you also have to factor in that the shooters ain't shooting well from the field. And it's some games that Kevin Durant is carrying the team. And you would think, like, that's what you got Kyrie for. But Kyrie's not playing. You know, when Kyrie was playing, he was struggling this season. So, I feel like with interim coach Jock Vaughn, for now, I think that they should just um, change the way that they play basketball and get all of the guys involved instead of KD, Kyrie, ISO all the time. I mean, a lot of teams are uh, warning the Nets about signing MAU Doka, which they're still working on. A lot of the owners don't want the Nets to give Udoka a second chance. And I think that they're not they're, they're those are the same ones that are getting turned down by their co-workers because if they were in the same situation as Udoka, they would have did the same thing. Those are my thoughts. Okay, let's see. What else is going on in the neighborhood? Oh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are interested in trading for Kyrie Irving if the Nets make him available. And I mean, hey, man, you know, we're going to discuss that a little bit later on. It's going to be a long show, so get your fucking popcorn ready, ladies and gentlemen. But my thing is, bro, I mean, Minnesota would definitely get to the next level if they don't have to give up Edwards, Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns. I'd take that risk because Minnesota is currently 4-5. and five. They're starting off kind of disappointing. 
Now, it has come out that allegedly Takeoff's killer is named Little Cam. And he's a 19-year-old kid that is a lieutenant under the Mob Ties gang that Jazz Prince and J Prince are associated with. And I keep hearing from the streets that he was allegedly killed over the weekend in a robbery gone bad. And then there's reports saying that he's still alive. Which one is it, y'all? Streets, tell me what's up. Because I had heard a story that the little cam kid was ordered to shoot takeoff after him and Quavo got into that argument or whatever or after Quavo and Jazz Prince got into an issue because you know they were rolling out together so I don't know what happened between that ride and the shooting but that's just sad man he's a person of interest it hasn't necessarily been confirmed that he's the killer but the streets are saying that that's the guy that shot takeoff until some confirmation happens i'm only gonna play everything by ear feel good nba stories of unexpected teams portland trailblazers let me tell you something man once Dame comes back, I think that Portland team is going to continue that run because nobody saw them coming. I mean, me, I had seen that Portland was going to be better than they were last year. And I had a feeling that they would make the play-in and upset a team or two in the play-in because I kept telling y'all in the offseason, nobody wants to see this Portland team in one game. They have a very good roster. Shaden Sharp is turning out to be a quality player because he was the mystery man at the draft. He was a mystery. Now we see he has a complete game on offense and defense. Then we know Anthony Simons He's liable to get catch fire. Just a younger, better version of CJ McCollum to me. Joseph Nurkic is still solid. Jeremy Grant can still put up 20 at will. I mean, I don't see why Portland is, is, is I mean, I, I see why Portland is so good. Then Utah Jazz, another feel-good story, who had a collection of players who were rejected by their former rosters. Look at a guy like Colin Sexton, who Cleveland was trying to lowball. And you look at how he's playing right now. I mean, Colin Sexton isn't even starting. And he's still capable of putting up 25 points a game. Then you have Mike Conley, who was rejected by the Grizzlies. You have Jordan Clarkson, who was rejected by the Lakers and the Cavaliers. You got Laurie Markkinen, who was rejected by the Bulls, who was rejected by, uh, it was another team he was on last year. I forgot what team he was on, though. Oh, he was on the Cavs. And they let him go. And Laurie Markkinen was balling for the Cavs. You got Taylor Horton Tucker, rejected by the uh, Lakers. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, rejected by the Pelicans. Kelly Olenek, rejected by damn near every NBA team that you can think of. That dude's been on every NBA team, I swear. So when you got a collection of the Expendables, that's what they remind me of, the Expendables. A 
team full of guys with nothing to lose who are having fun. Which leads me to believe that was Mitchell and Gobert really the problem in Utah? I'm starting to think so. I really am. I'm starting to think that these guys were really the problem in the first place. Now, how far they will go is the million-dollar question. Are they ready for that big stage? Are they ready for playoff adversity? We will see later on in the season. Is this fast start real or fluke? I'm sure we will find that answer out very, very soon. So, the Brooklyn Nets want to sign Taco Fall to a one-year deal, according to Legion Hoops, to improve their size and length in the paint. I mean, the Nets should pick up Taco Fall tonight. Why not? I think Taco Fall would, would be to the Nets would be a feel-good story, and hopefully he could last throughout the season and get the proper respect that he's due. Because I always thought that Taco could last in the league. It's just him getting his skill set together. And in China right now, he's playing pretty well. And then Bobo is another feel-good story. Like, I love Bobo and Taco Fall, man. I like those oversized motherfuckers with talent. You know, Bobo's finally healthy. So on Orlando, you know, he's looking very most improved player-ish. Oh, now let's move on to the Lakers' struggles and failure. Wow, take a look at this. Field goals on jump shots this season. Russell Westbrook, 33%. Anthony Davis, 26%. LeBron James, 25%. Damn. And Anthony Davis has disappeared in a lot of second half this season. First half, he looks like the Anthony Davis of old. And the Lakers have allegedly, according to Bill Simmons, who is a respected reporter, a lot of people hate him, but, you know, he's still like one of those guys that talk to people around the NBA. Anthony Davis is available, and we will get to what deal I think the Lakers should make momentarily. But Anthony Davis allegedly is available. I mean, yes, the Lakers need picks, and the Lakers need picks bad. And that's the perfect guy, low-key, to go get some picks for. Because he's the only player with value. LeBron James has this two-year, $90 million extension. I don't think any team wants to gamble and grab LeBron off of them. So my thoughts of them trading LeBron is not realistic at this point. As bad as I want the Lakers to get rid of him. It's all business. We all know that the Lakers want to hold on to their star player until you can't get nothing out of them. Kawhi Leonard, uh, Tyron Lu says that Kawhi Leonard is in a good place and is progressing, but maintains there is no timetable for his return. The ACL rehab partnered with his degenerative quad condition diagnosed in San Antonio makes for a daunting challenge to navigate. Damn. Because I told y'all right there, that's the proof. He does have a degenerative knee condition that's only going to slow his career down. Eventually, he's going to have to retire soon due to this quad condition. That's the same knee that the ACL tore on. 
before we get to our main topic, right? Eminem was officially inducted into the hip hop, I mean, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, last night. Dr. Dre introduced him, talked about, you know, what we already know, how he discovered him, how Dre and Eminem were in desperate situations at the time that they linked up. How Dr. Dre believed in Eminem when no one else that was riding for him was. Showed that Dr. Dre just has a special vision and can recognize talent. Eminem, instead of talking about his accomplishments, he dedicated his entire speech to the hip-hop community that influenced him. But here's my thing on him. This is what I this is why I respect Eminem. You know, a lot of people don't respect Eminem because he's white. But a lot of people are upset that he's white and can rap his ass off as good as a black rapper. That's always been the issue with ignorant niggas. And ignorant niggas always say, "Oh, he don't got no slaps in the club." When I hear without me, just lose it and shake that at the club. I've heard these songs play at the club. At black clubs. Don't give me that white club bullshit, nigga. Because I'll bust your ass. Alright? And then there's another thing about Eminem. Before Eminem, white rappers were always a gimmick. White rappers weren't respected and always thought of as a joke. Because first off, you had the Beastie Boys were a knockoff of Run DMC. They weren't respected like that. Nobody's putting them in top 100 rap conversations. And I don't even, I barely think they're a top 25 rap group, in my opinion. Just my opinion, y'all might not like that, but that's how bad it was. You had Vanilla Ice who was a knockoff MC Hammer. That was a gimmick. Nobody respected that. You had House of Pain. Yeah, we like Jump Around, but we ain't like nothing else by that group. Eminem changed the standard for white folks in hip hop. You had a, a white boy who respected all the pioneers, did his research and paid homage and signed black people, made black people millionaires. You had a dude that actually respected the culture and that was honest and straightforward. I mean, Slim Shady LP, no disrespect them, but it was a gimmicky album. But when Marshall Mathers LP came out, that's when we kind of knew that, uh, you know, Eminem wasn't to be played with or fuck with. This one we knew that this motherfucker is a legend. And he here to stay for a very long time. And he's still doing it to this day. Now let's get to the main topic at hand. What should every NBA team trade? What trade should every NBA team make? Part one. Because part two will be coming at the trade deadline. And then we'll keep these old trades up here for future reference to see if I'm okay with making that trade a little bit later on. But this ain't going to be long, I promise. The Atlanta Hawks, I don't think the Atlanta Hawks should make any any moves. I really don't. I don't think the Hawks should, should make a trade. They have the perfect 10-man rotation. I mean, you have Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Onyeka Okungwu, Jalen Johnson. That's a really good 10-man rotation right there. So I wouldn't break that up. Now, if I'm Atlanta, I would grab a free agent like a Melo or a Dwight or a LaMarcus Aldridge or somebody like that. Or I would seek the buyout market 
I would try to add, not delete. The Boston Celtics. I feel like the Celtics. Here's a trade idea for the Celtics. Now, this may piss off some Celtics fans, but you know what I'm about to say. I don't give a fuck. Right? So, I say the Boston Celtics should trade Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, and Robert Williams for Miles Turner. Now, from a Boston fan standpoint, I understand that that's a hefty price to pay for Miles Turner. But need I remind you something? Let's check out how old Miles Turner is. I understand that Turner has dealt with some injuries, but a healthy Miles Turner, he's 26 years old. And your core in Boston is around that age group. You add Miles Turner to Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. You got a solid lineup right there. Now, yes, you lose Pritchard, who's collateral damage and a youth piece for Indiana. You lose Grant Williams, who some view as, you know, a respected voice in that organization. But they were talking about they weren't going to re-sign uh, Grant Williams anyway. And then Robert Williams, who hasn't, who has been in and out of the lineup, and you get a player like Turner, who is one of the best shot blockers in the league, who can shoot from anywhere on the court. I think that trade will help Boston. Now let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets obviously are having issues with Kyrie, which is sparking trade interest around the league. It's it's sparking trade interest from everywhere. Now here are three trades that can work for the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving should be traded to the Miami Heat for Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and a first-round pick. Why? Here's why. I mean, obviously, you got a Kyrie Irving and Tyler Hero backcourt. You go alongside Jimmy Butler, Bam at a buyout, and... Um, I think it's uh, Caleb Martin, if I'm not mistaken, that starts. You get a young, fast Miami Heat team that's very interesting. Then, on the Brooklyn Nets side of things, you get Lowry, who's a, an NBA champion. You get Duncan Robinson, who is, is a shooter. They can add more depth and height to that Nets team. And then a first-round pick as well. Brooklyn Nets definitely need picks. Why not? Then, another deal. Kyrie Irving for three first-round picks. Kyrie Irving to the Minnesota Timberwolves for three first-round picks. And D'Angelo Russell. Now, a team that's dumb enough to make a deal like this is Minnesota. This is the same team that gave up four pick, four or five picks, including their first round selection in Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert and only Rudy Gobert. So a team that I can see raping their future out of desperation is Minnesota. And Minnesota has been trying to move D'Angelo Russell for quite a while. I don't know why, but whatever. This is a Minnesota Timberwolves type deal. Now, however, um, this obviously helps the Nets because you get Russell, who was a former Net himself, who was an all-star the only year that he played for the Nets to play alongside KD, 
D'Angelo Russell's more of a willing passer than Kyrie Irving. He can score as well. Just can't play defense worth a damn. But hell, nobody on the Nets plays defense, so he fits right in. Then, another team that's interested in Kyrie Irving. The Dallas Mavericks. This is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted a Kyrie and Luka Doncic backcourt. I think that would be very dope and very interesting thing to do. Because that'd be must-see TV. I'd love it. And Luka doesn't have to dribble so fucking much. Doesn't have to exert himself on the offensive end. Right? So, Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and three first-round picks. And I feel like this deal right here, obviously you put a starting lineup of Irving, Doncic, uh, Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood, and JaVale McGee. This would possibly move um, I mean, I, I mean, losing Finney Smith, I understand that's a 3 and D guy that you're losing. But you got to pay to play in this league. And three first-round picks sounds excessive for Kyrie, who is controversial, who suffers from injury sometimes. So I can completely understand why the Mavericks probably wouldn't take this deal. But I think they should take it if they want to take that next step. To being a championship contender, why not bring a champion to your team like Kyrie? Then, as far as Brooklyn is concerned, you get another 3 and D guy. I mean, you got TJ Warren coming back. I mean, Finney Smith could start for that Brooklyn team. That way, Kevin Durant don't have to play the four. Or Finney Smith could be a valuable piece off the bench. And then them getting Spencer Dinwiddie back, who, when he was on the Nets, was balling. And he's still a baller to this day, in my personal opinion. But I think this deal works pretty well for the Nets. Especially them getting three first-round picks from Dallas. Depending on which one those are. Charlotte Hornets. A trade that I think that the Charlotte Hornets should make. I mean, Charlotte Hornets, I've been saying that they have a lot of assets that can help many teams, but many of the trades that I tried did not work. So it's a possibility they could be stuck with some of these players, but however, one trade that did work was Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, and Kelly Oubre to the Philadelphia 76ers for Tobias Harris Matisse Thibel and Ferknon Corkmus. Now, this deal could help Charlotte a little bit because you get a guy in Harris who wants a bigger role on a different team. He's not happy in Philly being the fourth option, which is understandable. You got a guy who's, who wants a bigger role on a team. And what better to have a bigger role alongside one of the best players in the league in LaMelo Ball? I mean, the lineup would be what? Ball, Hayward, um, Harris, um, trying to think who's the four over there. If Washington's gone, it'll probably be maybe Nick Richards. Or it could be what? Ball, Thibel, and Harris will play the four. Okay. Ball, Thibel, Hayward, Harris, and Plumley. With Corkmas off the bench, of course. That, that's that's a good lineup right there. Then Philadelphia, you get a guy, you get Rozier off the bench, who would be the sixth man, 
like imagine you know a situation where Harden's hurt he can come in instantly and start alongside Maxi. then Washington's a solid starter then Kelly Oubre would probably come off the bench as well Washington would start so it would be what Maxi Harden um PJ Tucker Washington and MB. It's a good lineup, in my opinion. I like this deal for both teams. Chicago Bulls, I don't feel like they should make a move. They have a very good 10-man rotation. Cleveland Cavaliers, same thing. They're loaded. They have a great 12-man rotation. I mean, golly. I mean, my God. Karis LeVert. That's all I really got to say on that one. I mean, you got Garland and fucking Mitchell. One of the best backcourts in the league. It's all Darius Garland needed was a buddy. You got Karis. I think Karis is starting at the three now. Then you got Mobley and Allen, Dean Wade, Kevin Love, Jetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, Lamar Stevens, um, Ricky Rubio, Robin. I think Robin Lopez is there, isn't he? I think so. Could be wrong about the Lopez thing. I think Lopez is in Cleveland now. So, yeah, you got a good rotation, so why fuck with that? Dallas Mavericks, I already discussed that on how they could get better by adding Kyrie Irving. Denver Nuggets, I feel like their rotation is pretty good. I like their 10-man rotation right now. Detroit Pistons, my Detroit Pistons at that. Now, it's only one deal that I did that was successful that could help this Detroit team, and this is a very... Troy Weaver slash Detroit style trade. And a lot of our fans would love this deal. The Detroit Pistons send Jaime Diallo, Killian Hayes, and Nerlens Noel to the San Antonio Spurs for Doug McDermott, Jakob Pertle, and Keita Bates-Jock. Now, why this deal? I'll tell you why. Easy. I feel like this would help both teams. I mean, Killian Hayes gets a restart, which I feel like he just doesn't fit what we're trying to do over here. And he's not really a good player. I think he would get more of an opportunity on San Antonio. Um, Hammy Diallo could break out in San Antonio. I think he's buried too far into the rotation. Nerlens Noel, I mean, he's just getting back from... His injury that he suffered at the end of last year. Meanwhile, for us, Doug McDermott's another guy that can stretch the floor. They don't call him McBuckets for nothing. He got Jakob Pertle, who's an underrated center in this league, and a legit shot blocker. Him and Duran could clog the paint and stop a lot of those guys from easily entering the paint. And Pirtle's pretty solid, you know. He can get you 11 and, and, and 10. He might not start, but he'll give us some valuable clock if we play somebody that can attack the basket well. Keita Bates' job may be a throw-in to you, but to us, he'd be another valuable player. Now, I understand that Keita Bates' job's game mirrors Marvin Bagley's game. They're very similar. But in our case, two is better than one. We're sitting on a lot of potential. We're just not closing out games, and we make a lot of stupid-ass turnovers. And I feel like this deal alleviates the, weak, the, uh, the weakness of our bench scoring because that is our downfall. I had thought that our bench would be a lot more solid, but Killian Hayes is a part of the problem. He doesn't score. He's very passive-aggressive, and he only averages two points per game. So, we get a guy like McDermott coming off the bench, like Pirtle coming off the bench, like Keita Bates-Jop coming off the bench. 
This would strengthen the Detroit Pistons bench. Golden State Warriors, I hear they want to trade for Jay Crowder. I mean, they got the pieces to do so. It depends on who they trade. I didn't conjure up anything because I didn't think to do so. I don't think Golden State really needs to make any trades, though. I just think that the younger players just have to learn how to deal with responsibilities. The Moses Moody, the Jordan Pools, the James Wisemans, and the Dante DiVincenzos of the world have a responsibility to recover from this championship hangover. The young boys are supposed to take over for the Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That's why you extended Wiggins, extended Pool. Now I have, I think their struggles have something to do with that Draymond Green situation, but it's whatever. Houston Rockets, I don't feel like they should make a move right now. I think their that core, that group is just fine. Indiana Pacers, I mean a lot of teams want what Indiana has. But I don't think that Buddy Hield and Miles Turner deal is going to happen with the Lakers. I don't think they want to mortgage as much as their future as they've already had. And then, I'll, if I'm the Lakers, I would be trying to get more first-round picks. Los Angeles Clippers, although they're struggling, I definitely still believe in that rotation. That those guys will eventually get it together. And I think that Kawhi Leonard will finally... Um get back to at least what he used to be eventually now the Los Angeles Lakers back to this AD situation Anthony Davis seems highly coveted by a lot of teams obviously because they still believe that he can help their team I mean Braun and Anthony Davis's stats are meaningless they don't affect the game I think Lonnie Walker's stats affect the Los Angeles Lakers more than LeBron and AD because Walker be coming through in big moments for them and who said that Lonnie Walker would have a great season me that's who I want to thank me in the great words of Snoop Dogg but this deal could help the Lakers and the team that's going to make this trade now the Los Angeles Lakers trade Anthony Davis to the Chicago Bulls for Nikola Vucevic, Alex Caruso, Kobe White, and two first-round picks. Nobody needs picks more than the Los Angeles Lakers right now. And then the Chicago Bulls will get so much better with an Anthony Davis because you already have DeMar DeRozan, who's a walking 30 points. You have Zach Levine, who's a walking 20 points. Now, yes, you're giving up Caruso on White. That's part of your rotation. Understandable. But for a player like AD, it's worth the risk. Despite AD's injury history. But AD gets to go home to Chirac, where he's from. And then, not to mention, Vucevic would help the Lakers. Because this is a guy that can get you 20 and 10. I mean, Vucevic fits what LeBron likes to do, which is, you know, I mean, Vuce can play inside and outside. And Vucevic wants to throw up threes anyway. Alex Caruso is a fan favorite in Los Angeles. They love him. Kobe White is another guy that loves to shoot the ball. And with him getting open opportunities to do so, it'd be great. Obviously, the two first-round picks would help because they need them. Another trade that the Los Angeles Lakers should do is Kyle Lowry for Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick. I truly believe that Lowry is a better fit for the Los Angeles Lakers than Westbrook is. Despite Westbrook's improvement in his performance, Russell Westbrook wants to start. And him going to Miami, I think 
him and him and Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler would be a great motivator for him and would bring that old Oklahoma City Thunder Russell Westbrook back out. And him having a reliable lob, uh, a reliable lob threat and Bam at a buyout helps the situation. And then Kyle Lowry, you know, he fits what LeBron's trying to do. He can hit open three-pointers. Lowry could take a lot of charges. And then you you got him and Pat Bev out there at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Hide your ankles, hide your legs, ladies and gentlemen. Because there's some dirty motherfuckers. Memphis Grizzlies, I love their rotation. I mean, I would, I mean, I had tried to see if I could move Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. And there was no team or deal or player that I felt like I could bring in to help Memphis get to the next level because there are no disgruntled wings because Memphis needs a scoring wing. I'd love to see Kawhi Leonard play for the Memphis Grizzlies, but in all reality, that's not going to happen because that motherfucker might not even step up on the court. But, yeah, Memphis don't need anybody. Now, Miami, we already discussed the Lowry and Westbrook swap. Now it's another swap that I would see happening here. Now, I know Lowry's the topic of some, you know, trade. He's not even in trade talks right now. But I'm saying if they want to, you know, maybe make a crazy decision and to try to risk something to get better, here's another one. The Miami Heat send Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson to the Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Now, Rozier definitely could come in and instantly help the Miami Heat. Rozier would still be starting on the Heat. It would probably be a lineup of possibly Rozier, Hero, Hayward, Butler, and Bam at a buyout. I think this would work wonders for Miami side of things. Because, I mean, if Hayward's healthy, Miami has a little bit more scoring because I've seen Hayward have 20-point games this season, multiple. Rozier isn't someone you could depend on in the playoffs, per se, but he's got a better team around him and better motivating components and a better player in the backcourt. I take that back. I'm not saying that uh, Rozier, I'm not saying that um, Hero's better than uh, Ball, but I'm just saying, like, this is a better team if this trade happens. Because you get rid of the salary of Robinson and Lowry, who are older. I mean, Hayward's older. Rozier is still young and could be a part of a future dope-ass backcourt in Miami for years to come. And not much would be sacrificed. It's an even swap. Milwaukee Bucks don't need anything. They're 8-0. There's nothing much to really say about them. Minnesota, like I've already discussed the Kyrie Russell situation. Now, since if they're desperate enough to trade for D'Angelo Russell, why not trade him to the New York Knicks? The New York Knicks need some changes made. I mean, this may be a little bit pricey on New York's end, but it's not like New York hasn't made worse decisions. So, the Minnesota Timberwolves send D'Angelo Russell to the New York Knicks for Evan Fournier, Emmanuel Quickly, and Cam Reddish in a first-round pick. Now, this may be a high asking price for New York, but you have an interesting backcourt in Jalen Brunson and D'Angelo Russell. And then you add R.J. Uh, Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson to the mix. You have a strong starting five. And this New York team could be playing bound if you're not careful. So you really have to think about this one. My thoughts...
think this would be, this deal would be fire for Minnesota as well. Minnesota gets a, a point guard of the future in Emmanuel quickly. Quickly will finally get the chance to start. Evan Fournier, who can stretch the floor. He isn't consistent, but won't have that much pressure on him like he has in New York in Minnesota. Then Cam Reddish. That's the guy that's going to put Minnesota, like, completely on the map. If Reddish comes there, I would hope he would start over Jaden McDaniels, in my opinion. A lot of people might not like that. But a lineup of quickly... Edwards, Reddish, Towns, and Gobert would be fire. I think this deal helps both New York teams. I mean, this helps both teams, I'm sorry. Orleans, I do not think they need to make a deal. No, no, no. I think their rotation is fire. New York Knicks, I've already discussed what they would have to do in order to, to step it up. OKC Thunder has a team of the future. I don't see them needing to make a deal right now. They have all of the Infinity Stones, and I think within a three-year period, they will be in the play-in game. Could be sooner than that. Who knows? Orlando Magic. Um, another trade for the D Detroit Pistons that they need to consider. Now, the Orlando Magic have too many power forwards. You know, you have Mobamba, you have Jonathan Isaac, you got pa Paolo Banchero. Just too much weight at that position. Then you got Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, who can play that four position. It's too many forwards over there in Orlando. So... My counter to that is to get rid of one of them and bring in some guards that can instantly help. Now, the Orlando Magic should trade Jonathan Isaac to the Detroit Pistons for Corey Joseph, Hammy Diallo, and Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes would be another interesting guard added to that team. He'd be a backup, obviously. He would probably be regulated to the G League team, as he should be. Hammy Diallo's a guy with ups who could definitely add some ignorant jumping to that team to go alongside Terrence Ross. Corey Joseph is a veteran point guard who does nothing to help our bench scoring but can add some leadership off of Orlando's bench. Sometimes the team that you're on may, may not be a fit for you and you could probably thrive elsewhere. And that's a situation I could see for Joseph and Hayes. But Jonathan Isaac would add some length. I think he's he would be our best shot blocker on the team. He's 6'11", with a lot of potential. And he would get more of an opportunity in the D to block some shots. Philadelphia 76ers. I mean... The Philadelphia 76ers need to clean up some of that rotation because their rotation is trash. Like their bench has been inconsistent and has cost them a lot of games. And it's a lot of clutter in Philly. So what I would do is I would make a risky trade with the Orlando Magic. Now the Magic would probably end up cutting some of these players. I wouldn't be surprised. But I... The Philadelphia Sixers would send Gorgas Niang, Ferknon Korkmaz, Shake Milton, and Matisse Thibel to the Orlando Magic for Gary Harris. Now, Gary Harris and DeAnthony and Melton off the bench would be a lethal backcourt off the bench, y'all. That would be crazy to go alongside um, Montrez Harrell. That'll be a decent eight-man rotation right there in Philly. If they finally decide to give Paul Reed a chance. Phoenix Suns, I don't think they need to make a move. I think they're fine. 
I mean, with Cam Johnson's injury, though, what do the Suns do to bring in somebody? I don't know. We'll see. Portland Trailblazers. I don't think they need to make a trade because I've already discussed it earlier in the show. Sacramento Kings. I like their rotation. I don't think there needs they need there needs to be a trade. I think that the young players just need to learn how to play with each other. And I think that Sacramento will have a better second half of the season. San Antonio, same thing. No need for anything to get done on their end. Teams will have to negotiate with them. Toronto Raptors, same thing. I realize that Toronto's a lot better than what I thought they would be. But I still think they're a play-in team because of the competition in the Eastern Conference. Utah Jazz, I already discussed why they shouldn't make a move. And the Washington Wizards, same thing. Love their rotation. They don't need to do anything. Now, that's my show for the day. I want to thank you guys for fucking with me and checking it out. This King Known and Sensor. What trade should every NBA team do? Part one, and I'm going.